Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 165. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary, going to be hanging out with you here for the next little bit. I want to talk about the biggest factor, the biggest X factor for the New York Jets. And it's kind of ties into the NFL draft, which is rapidly approaching. So we'll get into that. We'll do your voicemails. But before all of that, speaking of the NFL draft, it's almost here. And the most exciting part about the NFL draft is the prospect of being perfectly groomed head to toe with our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped has long had elite downfield play with their lawnmower 4.0. But in 2023, they have the rookie sensation beard hedger to ensure the face of your franchise is also a pretty one. This one-two punch of men's grooming is the best acquisition for any at-home GM. So go to manscaped.com and save some salary cap space with our code JETS20, that is J-E-T-S-2-0, to pick up something nice from our friends, courtesy of Manscaped. All right, let's get into today's episode. As I mentioned, I want to talk about someone who I think is a major X factor for the New York Jets, and that is Mekhi Becton, whose birthday was yesterday. So that's why Mekhi was on the mind for me. And uh, he turned 24 years old, so obviously still a young guy. The biggest issue with Mekhi in his career so far, unfortunately, has been injuries. It, it, it hasn't been lack of talent. It hasn't been anything else with Mekhi Becton. He just hasn't been able to stay on the field the last two years. Now, he seemingly, unless something drastic happens, will have an opportunity to compete for a starting job. He is not going to be gifted a starting job, nor do I think he's... I don't know if deserves... Like, deserves sounds harsh, but with how things have gone the last two years, that makes sense, that you can't just gift rep him an opportunity, but... He's going to be competing for a spot on this offensive line, whether it's left tackle or right tackle. As of today, the three tackles the Jets have are Becton, Max Mitchell, and they brought back Dwayne Brown. Now they could also add another body in the NFL draft. I would absolutely consider adding its offensive tackle at pick 13, whether it's Broderick Jones, who I think is probably the most likely one of the three to be there. If not Broderick and Peter Skaronsky or Paris Johnson are on the board and you want to take them, I'm good with that also. But I think when it comes down to Makai, and like I said, obviously just one game in the last two years, he can completely change the ceiling of this Jets offense. Now, what I mean by that is obviously quarterback is the most impactful position on the field, and you're going to be getting an upgrade there in Aaron Rodgers, but on the offensive line, if the Jets are getting the rookie version of Makai Becton for a full season, that completely changes everything. Because if not, I would imagine, right, it's either going to be Dwayne Brown or a rookie at left tackle, which means it's Max Mitchell or Makai Becton at right tackle. And with all due respect to Max Mitchell, who I thought came in and played okay in a pinch last year, the ceiling of Makai is significantly higher than the, than the ceiling of Max Mitchell. And if he looks like, again, and I'm going to go back to it, if he looks like the player that he was as a rookie who played 14 games at left tackle, he looked great. He, lo he looked apart, and, you know, he was got up in weight. The weight was up. 
He's losing weight. He's posting on Twitter, his workouts. And I love the energy that he brings. He's an easy guy to uh, root for in that regard. And it's, you know, why someone that, uh, you know, I've been in his corner as much as I, I feel like I could, that I could warrant it. I, I, you know, I've made it clear that I think the Jets still need to add at the position because of how big of a question mark he is coming back. But that doesn't mean that I'm not rooting for the guy because I like him. I do. I think he's a great kid. Uh, he's working his ass off to get back. Can you imagine the mental toll it takes to, you know, obviously you you miss the entire 2021 season and then you come back in 2022 and you get hurt again and have another season ending injury? Like, yeah, the, he's just for a while was public enemy number one, which I didn't necessarily think was fair uh, last off season. Uh, and look, unfortunately he got hurt. If he gives you anything this year, you're, you're taking it. But I, I think if he does, that's obviously best case scenario. And you're going to say no dub, Matt, obviously getting the, the best out of a guy that you took in the first round is, is ideal. But what he can do in the run game is what really gets me excited because there's a chance that your right side of the offensive line could be AVT and Makai Becton, who you drafted and assumed, I think that was going to be left tackle and left guard after the 2021 draft. And it hasn't necessarily worked out that way, but those two guys in the run game, opening up holes for, for Brees Hall, Bam Knight, Michael Carter, scary, scary, scary stuff. I, I'm, I'm excited to get Makai Becton back on the field. And I, I think you should be too. He's working his way back. He's going to be ready for for training camp, which is a great sign. Uh, and he's, as I said, going to have a, an opportunity to compete, which is all that he could ask for at this point. Uh, he should go into it with the mindset that he can win a starting job. I think if everything goes right, obviously he can, but that kind of goes into right the, our segue here a little bit, and we're going to get into, I'm sure, uh, in the questions portion, the voicemails portion of the, of the show here, the NFL draft, which is now... By the time you're listening to this, it will be eight days away. So only eight days away. Offensive line is still going to be a position that I think the Jets need to attack, even with a healthy Makai Becton, because look, you look at the center spot. They they don't have one right now. Do I think they will likely also add Ben Jones? Yes, I do. But you have to add a, a center because it's just a gaping hole at that position right now. And I just talked about why I think tackles a need and just continuing to add depth because the best Jets teams that I grew up and I remember watching, the 2009 and 2010 Jets, and they were built on a dominant offensive line and what they could do to protect, number one, protect Aaron Rodgers and let guys like Garrett Wilson, uh, you know, Alan Lazard, Michael Hardman, whoever else comes in here get open and make plays is going to help Brees Hall out tremendously in the, in the run game. The, the Jets ran the ball so well in, in 2008, 9, 10, and that's why they were such a good football team. And even the last time they were a good team in 2015, you had Nick Mangold and uh, I almost said Mekhi Becton, DeBrickashaw uh, Ferguson still playing really good football. That was DeBrickashaw's last year in the NFL, and he was still a really damn good player. That line was solid. They were able to run the ball well. Chris Ivory had over 1,000 yards, and Ryan Fitzpatrick was throwing the ball all over the yard to Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. Uh, so offensive line, we know how important it is. And if you are to bring up a criticism of Joe Douglas, which I would consider myself a Joe Douglas fan, uh, I'm not putting him in the, in the ring of honor just, just yet, but I think he has this team going in the right direction. But one thing that I think 
uh, still needs to get done is completely fixing this offensive line. They've taken the they've taken some steps along the way, and obviously it was pretty bad when he first got here. But getting this thing to a above average unit is still uh, extremely important, and w- with some consistency as well. Uh, so that's the main thing that I'm looking for for him. And one of my biggest takeaways on the offensive side of the ball going into this draft is fixing that offensive line. If you want to add a wide receiver because you're not bringing in a veteran, okay, we could have that conversation. But my biggest offensive concern, it's not quarterback, it's not tight end, it's not wide receiver, it's not running back, it's that offensive line, both on the interior and on the outside. So without further, that's just my take on it and just wanted to do a little Mekhi Becton talk because you know, I think he could absolutely – be someone who makes it a really big, big impact on this team in 2023. If everything goes right for him, uh, I really hope that's the case. But I also think you have to add at that position as well, which I think both things are absolutely fair. So without further ado, now we can hop into the voicemails on the show. First up, let's go out to Travis from Ohio. He wants to cash in on something. All right, let, let's hear. Let's hear out Travis. What what's he cashing in on? Hey Matt, what Travis up? from Ohio. What's up, dude? Hey buddy. Garrett Wilson had a thousand yards. Don't you owe us a O'Leary cartwheel of joy? Pretty sure that was a bet for last last season. So, I see it, brother. Let's sit out. All right, love you, buddy. Bye. That is a really good pull. He, I very. That sounds like something that I would say. <laughs> I and thank you for for calling and reminding me, Travis. Always love when Travis checks in and says what's up. Uh, that probably that sounds about right. I'm not gonna argue with with my guy Travis. If I said it, I will do it. So we will have a video. I'll include in next week's show. I'll do a video of me doing the cartwheel of of joy for uh, for Garrett Wilson. If you don't know the original, I believe it was. The Leonard Williams trade in 2019 is when we got the cartwheel of joy. I think I'd have to go back and I'd have to go back and look, but I'm 99% positive. It was the Leonard Williams trade all those years ago now. So obviously Travis is an OG. We appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I think I'm going to be doing even more cartwheels for, for Garrett Wilson this upcoming year with legitimate quarterback play. He did that. He did what? 1100 yards with just God awful quarterback play. Uh, just got awful quarterback play and getting a potential elite level quarterback 1400 yards. Can we get crazy? Let's go 1500. It's going to be awesome. Oh, by the, also, by the way, I wanted to see your guys take on it just while we're on the topic of conversation to Garrett Wilson. I don't think he should change his number to seven, uh, from 17 to five. Uh, I know he wore number five at Ohio state. As someone who owns a number 17 Garrett Wilson jersey, I think he should wear number 17 forever. He wore number 17 and won Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's going to wear number 17 this year and then supposedly change it in 2024 uh, to number five. Will GW5 look cool? Yes, absolutely. Of course it will. But as someone with a 17 jersey, I selfishly want him to keep that number forever. Because I want that to be the one that is uh, retired. Although maybe I will have to get a number five, Garrett, and have him sign the seventeen and hang it up. Maybe that's the alternative plan. There we go. I like that. That would be fun. I think. Let's go to Peter from the beautiful Hudson Valley. 
I didn't do the voice as good as he does, but let's let's go to our man. What's going on? Hey, Matt. Yeah, it's Peter from the beautiful Hudson Valley. You know, calling in this week. How's it going, and, man? And uh, seeing how the offseason has been going so far for the Jets. Um, one thought came to mind recently with regards to a couple of guys who were coming to visit the Jets and then didn't. Uh, Calais Campbell and also Odell Beckham Jr., which, from my previous call, you know that I still would not have wanted him to sign with the Jets anyway. But both had meetings set up to come to the team and then basically canceled at the last minute because they signed elsewhere. And I'm wondering if this is setting a bad precedent for the Jets right now. Um, something's going on in the front office or, or veterans are not seeing the Jets as a destination for whatever reason at this point, considering the youthful roster, uh, the up and coming, you know, nature of the team and, and possibly getting Rodgers, you know, to make this team a Super Bowl contender. So I'm wondering if that is something that some of these veterans uh, are seeing as a situation maybe they don't want to be involved in, hmm. which is making me wonder why we still haven't signed Ben Jones at this point, um, because the Jets seem to be very interested in getting him in at center, and that still hasn't happened as well. So I just want to know your thoughts on that, and... uh see how the rest of the offseason goes. Obviously, the draft is the next biggest thing. Um, I also wanted to just make a comment that I think the Jets should also try and bring back both Quan Alexander mm. and I think Cedric Awehi, um swing tackle as a backup swing tackle. If they wind up cutting Dwayne Brown eventually as a cap-saving measure, I think Awehi is a good backup uh, in the limited role in both left tackle and right tackle. So I'd still like to see both of those guys come back to the team, hopefully. Um, but again, let me know your thoughts on uh, why these veterans decided to cancel at the last minute. Uh, and as always, go Jets. Thank you, my friend. Always love hearing your voice, Peter, from the beautiful Hudson Valley. Um, couple couple thoughts here. The main, main question and main takeaway is uh, both uh, Calais Campbell canceling and Odell canceling. I, I don't think... For Calais, that was the more bizarre one. But supposedly he really liked what Atlanta, what he was able to do, or what he would be able to do, sorry, off the field for Atlanta. And that was a big reason for why he signed and wanted to to go there, which I, I respect him for that. He's a veteran late in his career. That's where he wanted to go. That's where he wanted to go. For Odell, he called the Jets and said, can you get anywhere close to this number, which ended up being 15. That could end up being 18. And Joe Douglas said, "Sign, go, go sign." Because there's no, there was no way the Jets were getting anywhere close to that number for Odell. He would have been a second or third option on this team in the passing uh, attack. He's going to be wide receiver one for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I don't get that move by the Ravens at all. Supposedly Lamar wanted Odell and slash or DeAndre Hopkins, but I think. Again, you know, for all the reasons that I've talked about on my show and why Odell is risky at this point in his career with the injuries that he sustained uh, and his age, I don't know if he's getting uh, a level of Odell that he deserves as his number one receiver as a really good quarterback. He really hasn't had uh, that absolute stud yet. But uh, Calais was definitely weird. I, 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 I'm not 
overly concerned. I do think Ben Jones makes sense. He has to pass a physical. He had concussion problems last year. He played in 12 games. I think he probably does end up signing, but I do agree. I think they uh, sign and draft a center. It, it is strange, and I understand some uh, slight concern, but I do think uh, Quan Alexander and, and Cedric Obuye are, are good calls to bring back. I'm a huge Quan Alexander fan. Uh, I, I I would I would start him. Uh, I, I think he's a starting caliber linebacker, and I'd have Quincy as the third linebacker, but the Jets, they love Quincy. He's going to start. Uh, next to uh, C.J. Mosley, but you have good depth with Kwan there, and you could still add through the NFL draft if that's what you want to do. Uh, and I'm never going to say no to offensive tackle help, and you, you make bring up a good point. If you want to cut Dwayne Brown after June 1, that could free up 10 mil right there. So um, definitely something that is uh, interesting and, in my opinion, worthwhile to uh, bring up and talk about, but I'm not overly concerned with the idea Um or just overly concerned with this becoming an an issue. If you get to July and August and that's still a problem, okay, then yeah, then I'd be ready to have that conversation. But with the NFL, you still have the draft. The Jets have made late signings in the past, uh, and it's worked out really well. I mean, just off the top of your head, Dwayne Brown uh, and uh, Morgan, Morgan Moses. I don't know why. I I kept wanting to say Max Mitchell, but it was a different... MM offensive lineman Morgan, Morgan Moses uh, were two late signings that that worked out well uh, for the Jets. Let's go to Joe calling in from Atlanta. All right, Joe. Yo, what's going on, Matt O'Leary? It's your boy Joe, your ATL Jets fan. What's up, dude? I'm all the way from Atlanta, Georgia, man. All right, so we're coming on a little vent here, man. First off, bro, I'm so sick of talking to these negative Jets fans, all right? They sit here talking about what the front office is doing and all this other crap, man. It's, like, really giving them my nerves. Like, they need to trust the process for one. For one, trust the process. It's a process going on, and in the business, in the world of business, you know, it's going to be uh, a lot of things that moves on a slower pace than other things. So I just need all just fast and really trust the process. Two, the whole ordeal back on the junior thing, that was just straight up and down. Like, we weren't paying that man 18 mil. It was a, a the article came out that said we offered a similar deal, but we wasn't, 18 mil was a guarantee. And I think that was just so wonderful. Like, that's, that's insurance. Like, you gotta really trust the process. Three, I bet I hear another comment about drafting a quarterback. Listen. I gotta let the quarterback develop. I gotta let quarterback develop, man. I gotta let him develop. Zach Wilson, he will be a great quarterback under the right development, man. Y'all cannot take a guy from a small college market where they don't play anybody and put him in the NFL and expect him to produce. Like, come on, man. It took Josh Allen three years. Carson Wentz took a little minute. Uh, who was Pat Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith for a year? All these great quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts didn't didn't start off the muscle. Like all these quarterbacks, y'all, y'all like just just want Zach Wilson to produce like like. Come on, man! Like it's a process. It is a process. How long will it take Geno Smith to become the person, the most accurate quarterback in the NFL? Take him a while. Take him a minute. But when he was a Jet, he was going to be that guy. But you know. Dude, his ego, he also, 
he kind of altered his uh you know his route here and he had to ship him out this is business i need all just fan to really to see how to go off on the limb and just 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 write off every freaking quarterback and the the front the whole front office just do your research be your freaking research thank you matt i'll let you there you go thank you joe for checking uh checking in with us there um Look with with in regards to to Zach Wilson, he's going to sit this year behind Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers comes back and plays a second year, he will probably sit again if he's not uh, moved at that point. But this is a really big year for him and his development. He has to come into camp and learn and sit behind someone, which is fine. Maybe he doesn't need that starting role right now. I would I would say he definitely doesn't need that starting role right now. Um. Maybe he's salvageable. It looked really bad through the first two years, though. It was historic levels of bad. Unfortunately, I was a big fan of his game coming out. Uh, I thought that, you know, how many games did he start as a rookie? 11? 11. I thought he deserved another, a a deeper look, more time. Maybe it was 13 games. More of the story. Uh, I I thought he deserved a look in year two. And it it got rough. It, It went off the rails. And he needs to sit. To, to salvage his career. Is it impossible? No, it's not impossible. Is it likely? I don't know if I'm going to say is, uh, can sit here and tell you with a, with a straight face that I think that Zach is going to turn into uh, a great starting quarterback at this point in his career. I have my doubts with that, but if he's, if there was ever a chance for him to sit and resurrect his career, I would think behind Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen do it. One of the best quarterbacks this in this game's ever seen uh, and someone that he looks up to then maybe that's how they end up salvaging him. I think that's probably the best way, but uh, I think it's fair to you know, be critical when it's deserved. Don't go over the top with it, but um, yeah, I think it's just, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what it's like at this point. Let's go to Max calling in from New Jersey. He wants to talk about Rogers trade. Hi, this is Max from Holmes, New Jersey, and here's my thoughts on the Aaron Rodgers trade. We haven't gotten a deal yet, but I'm not that worried about it because the only thing I'm really worried about is the first-round pick. Woody Johnson, is, the reason why the deal hasn't gone through is because Woody Johnson just won't give a, a first-round pick. But I think we should give it off because we haven't been in the playoff team. Oh, like, who cares about first-round pick? We've had a lot of first-round picks in the last, like, 12 years. We've been rebuilding. We haven't been in the playoff team 12 years. We're literally the longest uh playoff drought in all sports. We should just give him a first round pick this year just to please the Packers. And then we get a bunch of good second round picks, which is awesome. This can go Jeff. Yeah, I'm it's not gonna be a first round pick. The supposedly the rumor, so for those who uh don't know what Max is is talking about here, uh there was a rumor going around that Woody Johnson doesn't want to give up a twenty twenty four first, which I don't I don't buy it. I don't think that the owner who said that the problem diagnosed the problem as being the the quarterback um, last year and said he would do whatever it takes and then to then want to pay the cash out of pocket that it would take to get Rodgers and pay out his contract, not the cap hit, but the actual contract itself, to then be like, ah, but I don't want to give away that first rounder two years from now. is weird. That to me is weird. And I would okay be okay with the 2024 pick going to them, being, uh, that it would be a first-round pick. I don't think that that's necessarily what it's going to end up being. I do think it's going to be a conditional pick, but if that's what it was, I'm not going to, you know, kill uh, Joe Douglas for it. 
if if that's what the trade ends up being. Um, and that I wouldn't, it wouldn't really bother me if that were the case. Let's close out with dirty. The name's Dirty Jesus, and he has some uh, opinions on, on some draft prospects to to potentially target for the Jets. All right, let's go through some draft prospects. Yo, Matt, what do you think about us trading back and grabbing maybe Darnell Wright if uh, Paris Johnson and Broderick Jones and Skaronski aren't available? And then hopefully picking up Schmitz in the second round. Do you really like Schmitz over Weipler? Yes. Weipler over Schmitz, I think you uh, said? No. What about Tippmann? What about Mazzy Smith? Jack Campbell, uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton, Trey Dean in the fourth round, Shaka Hayward at 207. Rock and roll. <laughs> All right. Is the Dirty Jesus. Thank you for calling in. Uh, you went through uh, a few different prospects there, ranging throughout the draft, but towards the, the first two rounds, uh, I think the ones, like the first one you mentioned, trading back for Darnell Wright, I like him. I think he would be fine as a right tackle. I don't foresee him moving over to left side, which is fine. Maybe the Jets, you know, view uh, Mackay Becton on that side, competing with uh, with Dwayne Brown, and you trade back and get additional assets. I'm not opposed to that. I would, I would probably only do it if Paris Johnson or Broderick Jones. And Skaronski aren't available, kind of like you, like you said. If those top three guys are not available, then move back and grab right. Sure, I'm okay with that. JMS is one of my favorite players, and and both JMS and Jack Campbell, I like a lot. I'd be surprised if the Jets took Jack Campbell in the second round. I think he goes somewhere in the top fifty, uh, roughly. I don't think the Jets would go that route. I think they're much more likely to either try to move up and get their guy like a Schmitz or if you don't trade one of those picks for Rogers, then maybe you're move, trying to move one of them back to gain more, uh, more assets that way. But I would think a center in the second round, uh, other positions to look at. I would have linebacker on there, but I don't think they view it that high safety. They still need more of their prototypical free safety because Chuck Clark and uh, whitehead are both much more, uh, downhill kind of players. They're not necessarily the ones who are going to, uh, you know, be be playing deep. Uh, that's not really their game. So I'd be surprised uh, if they went with that duo back there. But, you know, ultimately, I, I think if I had to guess, uh, and Mazzy Smith is someone who's an interior defensive lineman. So my, my positions that I would expect the Jets to target in the first two or two rounds or so, would be offensive line, more specifically offensive tackle, center, and interior defensive line. Uh, Kalijah Kansi is someone that I really like a lot. I don't think he's going to make it to the second round. He's also someone who maybe in a trade-back scenario, would it be the most stunning thing if they just stayed put and took him at 13 if the three tackles were off the board? No, I don't think it would be. Uh, the one I don't really get is Nolan Smith, who's an undersized pass rusher yes we know that they really like uh you know edge presence and and to have a pass rush but i would be really really surprised if they went that route with a much much smaller more of a uh 
project in a sense. Um, I, I, I wouldn't personally not do that. And uh, I would be surprised if they went tight end. I know that's been uh, a little bit more of a conversation over the last couple of weeks about a tight end going in the first two rounds for the Jets. I don't think they're going to go that route personally, but hopefully you guys tune into the Talking Jets panel uh, that is hosting a draft party. The Talking Jets draft party all three days will be live for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We have a ton of special guests coming on. Uh, so make sure to tune in for that over on Jets Talk 24-7. It's myself, Ryan, and Greenbean live for all three days. We also have launched a Talking Jets show. Yeah, Talking Jets show or Talking Jets panel, whatever you want to call it. YouTube channel. There we go. I don't know why that was so hard for me to get out. Talking Jets YouTube channel. Make sure to check it out. Uh, that is linked down below as well. And we are going to be moving our content over there in the summer, but a lot of exciting things going on. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Just Jets. I am Matt O'Leary. Subscribe if you're new, and I'll talk to you next time.